And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome to the Yellow Block podcast on the TalkSport Fan Network. As Storm Isha batters the UK, Posh continue to batter the rest of League One. And hey, another week survived in January with all the big names still at the club and no sign of the dreaded Christmas slump. Could it be our year? When are we allowed to start dreaming? I'm Tim and joining me to discuss the last seven days Posh is Harry and Craig. Good evening, fellas. How are we doing? Very well, thank you. Yourself? I'm good, thank you. Uh, Harry is midway through his dinner. Uh, Harry, you were just saying before we, we hit record there, you've had quite a, uh, well, you've had a storm uh, eventful day today affected by the uh, high winds that are battering the country. Absolutely. I won't I won't bore you all, but I'm uh, I'm back home when I expected to be in Scotland and all the fun and games that's gone along with that. So, I mean, yeah, some some long, could say a long that's day. a blessing, to be fair. Some true, could argue that true. it's actually a, a good sign, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it's, so it's, I mean, we're spread out over the country between the three of us. I feel like we probably, you know, we could do some sort of live weather report. Uh, Craig, how's things over your way wind-wise? Uh, pretty bad, to be fair. It's not, it's not, not so clever, Spalding way. So, uh, yeah. It's not wonderful here either, but I did have a curry for lunch. So that's potentially why I don't know. I'm not sure, but, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk posh then. Um, and you know what? There's not really a lot to talk about. And that fills me with immense joy, uh, because we talked about how key January is to us. So the <clears> fact <throat> that we've gone through another seven days without a huge amount to talk about, uh, is good news for us. What we can talk about are players that aren't even at the club. Uh, there's two that we're going to focus on. Ivan Tony turned out for Brentford yesterday, got himself on the score sheet as well. Happy days, Arsenal, if you're listening, which obviously you would be. Why wouldn't you be listening to a PB United podcast? 100 million is the price. Uh, just make sure that you include the sell-on fee for Posh in there. And then a certain Peter Chioso uh, played for Rotherham this weekend as well. Um, started on the bench, Craig. Uh, came on after, I think it was about 30 minutes because of an injury. 
I'll be honest, I didn't. I don't know how he played because I didn't watch the Rotherham game, funnily enough. Um, mm. But he has now got that appearance for Rotherham that the posh fan base seem to have been putting so much pressure on. Um, a couple of the lads last week were saying that actually they think he's he's going to come back. Where do you stand on on PK? Do you know what? I'd love to, I'd love to see the guy back. I really would. Um, I think what he brings to the team, both on and off the field. Um, is something very, very special. I don't think, no disrespect to Harrison, because um, I know he's a Peter lad, but um, I just don't. I don't feel like we've got that um, that leader on the pitch. Um, it, it weren't that Harrison did anything wrong over the last few games at all. It's just that I just feel he's got a presence about him, and um, I think he makes the rest of the team tick. And uh, you can see that when he's when he, he he's been present. But yeah, I do feel there's something missing now. I do feel like we've noticed, I mean, we'll come to the Shrewsbury game shortly, but I do feel like over the last couple of games since PK left, there's definitely been a difference on that that right side. Again, obviously, when we come to, to, to Shrewsbury, it's slightly different with, with no Poku, but it was that you can just tell the dynamic is different. And I don't think it's just down that flank. It's maybe that leadership that you allude to there as well. There's just there's a small piece of that jigsaw missing, isn't there? You can kind of feel it. And I don't know if that's solely on PK. But I guess he's the variable that's changed. Yeah, totally. And to be fair to him, it's uh, I, th- I think anybody trying to come in now and um, stake that stake that place. I mean, Jadel didn't do himself any harm yesterday, um, but he just doesn't have that understanding with the players that he's with. Um, I think both him and Ajiboy yesterday looked very. Uh, fish out of water. Um, they, they just didn't seem to have any understanding of what either was doing. Um, Jade was very much a centre back as well. So um, yeah, it, for, for me, it, it feels like an area that um, I don't think we'll struggle. But I don't think we're going to have that fluid play that we've been used to down that right hand side. And Poku missing as well was massive yesterday. Yeah, and and PK, there's no doubt about it. PK is such a presence, and it would appear potentially in the the dressing room too. It is all quiet on the the Western Front, Harry, or should I say, at the Western Homes? I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, it's a good thing the fact that the the kind of the transfer rumor mill is not particularly being productive because most of us said if we could get through January unscathed, we're in we're in quite a good position. Do you think PK will come back? And I guess moreover. Do you feel that there will be some sort of in-out, shake-it-all-about type big news coming over the, the next couple of weeks? Here's what I think, to be honest, that we're not going to get PK back, and here is why. It, as far as I understood it, I don't have any inside knowledge of the club, but from what I'd heard back in the end of the summer, we were at the limit of our FFP, and that is wages as against turnover. And we're at the top of that and it necessitates someone else leaving. Even if we've got the money to buy PK, which we may decide that we well, we could do with, you know, maybe it's Dara pulling out his own money or uh, we undisclosed details about the settlement with OKR, meaning that we've got more cash now. But that won't matter if we literally can't put PK's wages on the books. I think we were completely banking on JCH leaving. Rumours are that JCH is on six grand a week. That you'd think would be enough for PK. I can't imagine he's on much more than that at Rotherham. Uh, but now that JCH isn't gone, I, I think it would take Ronnie leaving. But even then, apparently Ronnie's on a relatively low contract. He obviously signed this four-year deal back when he was when he was 18. So 
I I don't have confidence that PK will be back, which is why we're going all in on Katongo at right back rather than keeping him in his natural uh, centre back position. You mentioned about JCH, and that's obviously a you know I suppose the only other real talking point that's come out this week. The fact that it looks like potentially the the Charlton deal is off again. There's no facts around this. Social media is kind of suggesting that he couldn't agree personal terms with uh, with, with Charlton. And it, I suppose it's a fair point. It maybe feeds into that that PK decision. I guess, Harry, do you think that JCH will go between now and uh, the end of January? I don't think so. From what it sounds like, his family's now based in, whether it's Gloucestershire or Somerset, either in Bristol or near Bristol. Mm-hmm. And they moved down over the summer. And I think this Charlton thing has fallen apart because he doesn't want to be apart from them any longer. And it doesn't sound like Bristol Rovers, now that Barton has gone, have any appetite to come back in for JCH. There's also the other rumour that's going around. I don't think anyone's holding this against JCH, but you, as a buying club, can avoid a fee by waiting to the summer and you can give some of that fee directly to the player as a sign-on bonus. It's far more lucrative for Johnson himself to wait until the summer and get you know, potentially a few, literally a few hundred grand directly into his pocket, which otherwise would go to Peterborough in, in Jan. So uh, yeah, I, I think I, I think he's here for the end of the season, which has its own benefits. It does, and and it's something we'll come on to. But just kind of touching on the point you made there, I was chatting to a, a friend of mine earlier, and he said pretty much the same sort of thing, which is along the lines of it's in Johnson's interest potentially to wait until the summer. But bearing in mind he's not really played that much this year, he was he's certainly kind of been on the the fringes. Potentially looking at another six months of that then before that goes through. I'm I'm kind of wondering if a player of JCH's ability and determination is happy to spend another six months kind of as a as a bit part player or whether or not he would want that move now, whether it is all about money. So hard to say. So hard to say. I mean, you, you look at the interviews that he does when he's done them. I think he maybe did a couple earlier in the season on Posh Plus. He sounds like a very motivated guy and is happy to contribute as and when this season, even though he's not really getting in. And maybe you're right, a whole year on the bench, you might look at the thought of that and think, that's that's too long. I could I could do this for three months in the winter knowing I was heading out back to Bristol Rovers. But maybe with Barton going, it's all completely gone up in the air for him. I, yeah. So a bit, bit of a non-committal answer. I, <laughs> one, th- one thing I would say is that he may think there's no way Ricky stays in this side unchallenged for a further four or five months. No disrespect to Ricky, but... He's still learning to be a striker at, at dare I say, as we saw against Shrewsbury. Yeah, and it's one of the points that, that we're definitely going to talk about when we talk about that game. Just kind of wrapping up, Harry, with the, the points you're making now with JCH. Now, in the um, sort of after the, the, the summer and that deal fell through, kind of November, December, when we all started to expect him to go, he was starting to be linked with clubs such as Charlton, which has obviously transpired to make a bid. But he was also being linked with two or three um, League Two teams. I know that Wrexham was supposedly interested. Gillingham showed quite a big interest as well because they're trying to throw a little bit of money around. And I don't mean this in any disrespect to those clubs, but if they're, he's being linked with, I mean, we know that he's, He's definitely League One level, if not above. The fact he's been linked with League Two teams, and I would say probably upper mid-table League Two teams at best, with the exception of Wrexham, who, of course, are trying to buy their way up the leagues. If he does then have to spend another six months on the bench, surely that is only going to worsen for him. That You're going to be looking at teams mid-table and below in League Two that at that point are going to be suitors for him. I can't see 
a bottom sort of lower end championship team or even a higher end league one team waiting for a player that's not played football for a year. I mean, you say that though, but without a signing on fee, it's easy to pick up just about anyone on a free. Even even a championship club might go, well, you know, he's free and he's mm. double golden boot winner in in the in League One and in a crap Peterborough side two years ago. Still got, I think it was eleven league goals, and that was some of that was injured with with his calf strain. So, uh, yeah, hard to say whether that will put off bigger clubs. But also, he was willing to move to Bristol Rovers, which I see as a step down from us. Uh, he may well just be, he's, he's what, 30, 31? Maybe it's a bit of a stage of his career. He just thinks, I'll, I'll focus on family over prestige. It's not like I'm going to play in the Premier League at this point. Yeah, which is fair enough. It's a fair point. Uh, Craig, if, if Johnson does stay, um, you know, talking hypotheticals, does he... I think, I mean, does he have a place to play in this squad? I feel, I feel like with the way it's playing out with Ricky, we would be naive to just put him in the fringes and just kind of discard him if we know we've got him until the summer. Do you feel like he would have a, a place in this squad? I think, I think he will, um, just because of what he brings to the team as a whole. Um, I don't think, I don't see him getting many starts, if I'm being honest with you. Um, I think the way we're playing, um, the build-up play doesn't suit his game at all. Um, but I think he's got that option to be an impact player last 15, 20 minutes. If, if we, especially if we're, we're struggling to break down at the back line. I mean, he's the ideal person to come on. But I think from what I see yesterday, I don't think Ricky had his greatest game yesterday at all. I thought he was quite poor, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't really give anything to the team yesterday. Um, and I kind of felt that he, he actually does need somebody to play alongside to get the best from him. He's, he's definitely not a target man himself. Um he, he, he struggles to get his head on the ball um, generally, unless the ball's put him behind the back line. And very few times yesterday did that actually um, happen. The one time it did, um, obviously he, he hit again straight down the keeper's throat. So um, it's, it's a tough one, but I, I don't think it's a complete negative. I think I agree with Harry in the sense that it's um, it, it has its bonuses. Um, but I just feel for the lad a bit because. I feel he should have. He should. He should be looking at this as an opportunity to move on now and um, get, get himself into some level of form. You, like you rightly said, Tim, you give it another six months, you're sat there doing nothing. It's not going to aid who you want to go to because you're only as good as your current form, and his form at the moment isn't there. Yeah, it is a difficult one. I, I suppose it's you know. If I feel like if this was any other player, we probably wouldn't give it as much airtime. If this was. You know, just some centre back that, that we'd had for a couple of years. We wouldn't really care um, what was happening to them or where they go next. But uh, you know, I do. I do a lot of other teams' podcasts, and they always ask me about Johnson Clark Harris. And I suppose the analogy that I I often use is that it's kind of like that relationship with a partner that you have, where you've been together for years, and you, you know you love each other intently, but it's just not right for each other anymore. I kind of feel like that's where we're at with Johnson. So. I feel like we've got a bit of a vested interest into making sure that he does get a good move and that he does go to a team where he's going to be appreciated because he's been he's been nothing but but positive for the club. I know there were a few issues at the start of uh, the season before last where there was rumours he didn't want to play and stuff like that. But every player has that, particularly at a club like Peterborough, who are notorious for selling players. Obviously, they're always looking for that that next big move. But um, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of it on the, the transfer front. Let's talk uh, Shrewsbury Shrewsbury then. This was a, uh, a gritty uh, battle in 2-1 win. Um, it was, I suppose, Craig, it was 
I mean, it wasn't the most exciting game, was it? But it was, it's probably one of those ones that you look back on and go, well, any other season we've drawn that or we've lost that. So, you know, ultimately it's a win. Maybe it wasn't the prettiest, but it chalks up another good three points. Yeah, totally. And to be fair, again, you only have to go back last, probably last season, two seasons ago. That's the sort of game we would have struggled to, to come back from. So um, to get three points from it is it's it's only a bonus. And if they're going to be the sort of games that we're going to struggle with, but we're still going to pick up maximum points, well, I'll take it every day of the week. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. Um, I still think that there's an element that um, we still haven't found our fifth gear yet. I really don't. I think that there's so much potential with these lads. I mean, the, the, some of them that, that played yesterday, you could see they had an off game. Kipriani wasn't himself yesterday. As I've already mentioned, Ricky J. Jones wasn't himself yesterday. But we still got the three points and that's all that matters. Yeah, and that's a, that's that's the big thing, isn't it, Harry? Ultimately, is is that's what everyone looks at. It's it's not how well you played so much, but it's uh, you know there's a couple of players, and we've already mentioned some there. Um, let's start with the positives, I guess, um, and starting at the back. Obviously, we we've seen a, a couple of games for for Steer now. Um, what personally, I think he looks good. He looks solid. I wish he was a little bit more dominant in the air. But where where do you sit on Steer at the moment, Harry? Do you feel like he's he's the the below replacement and should be number one until the summer. Yeah, I mean, I may have said it on the previous yellow blocks, may have said it on the spaces that I do. I was all in on below, but I would not have him touch yeah. the starting lineup now. Steer is clearly, clearly more experienced. He also, I bet, I bet both on and off the pitch, yeah. he is just such an incredible addition to have because he'll probably be coaching a little bit. Bilo and Tally. Uh, you're absolutely right. He's decisive. It, I know that we're talking about Sh- uh, Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury, but Charles only made that one error for the guy. He came out when he shouldn't have done. But beyond that, you just get a sense of confidence around him. And I honestly yep. think it's stopping teams trying long shots or anything or or trying to get anything against him. They're trying to get more like precise shots because they think there's no way we can get past him because... He said he wasn't quite as dominant in the air, and you're right, he is only six foot, same as Pim was. But you know, he looks he looks too in the way he plays, and he, he looks two the- <laughs> inches taller than, than Pim, doesn't he? Just he fills the goal so much more than uh, so much. He, more did, than- he did well at the end of the game as well, just that game management, but also time waste while not getting booked as well, just knowing exactly where the line was with the ref, yeah, uh, picking up one of the corners out of the air over the top of people's heads. I think Bilo potentially even flaps that away at best punches it away he must keep his hands on it and as i say i couch this all in no disrespect to below I, lo- I love below and had they never come in i'd have probably still been saying we should keep below as number one yeah it's a uh it, yeah it's it's a tale that i feel like will write itself as we go through the um the rest of the season and, and hopefully it does turn out to be a, an absolute master stroke um Katongo, I wanted to just uh, talk to you about as well, Craig. I feel, obviously, we had no Poku yesterday, uh, which did change the dynamics slightly. Potentially, with what we were just saying there, it looks like Katongo is the the guy that we're going to kind of pin everything on at, at right back. And it, I don't, I can't quite work out how I feel about the lads. It's a really strange one. I, I feel like there's a real player in there, but I'm not sure it's at right back. Now, maybe as he starts to get used to to Kwame and they form a bit of a dynamic maybe that will change but I don't know where, where do you sit with Katongo after the um, after the Shrewsbury game um, it's a real tough one because he's not done anything wrong um, first and foremost it's just 
I don't really think having Adjibor in front of you um, as your, I think it was the first home game that he played at right back, um, was of any benefit to him because Adjibor seemed very lacklustre yesterday to get forward and beat his man himself. Yeah. But then crossovers that we've been used to all season between Poku and Kyoso. Um, yeah, I, I get the impression that that won't be something that we'll be uh, getting to see very often in the second half of the season. Um, I don't think Jadel's got the... It's not that he's got the potential to do it, but I just think that he's naturally defensive-minded and um, he's going to stick to what he knows, his principles, and, and that is defence first, not attack. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know who else can come in and, and take over that position for him. Um, if we've got anybody... I mean, I, I know they keep mentioning this James uh, Dornley, who's in the, 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 uh, the use, but I think he has a little bit before his time, I'm afraid. Yeah, and as much as we're kind of relying on the youngsters this year, he's he, yeah, he's maybe not quite there. I, I suppose, Harry, does it does it look for a tactical shift now? Potentially, I feel like we struggled with a plan B against Shrewsbury, and maybe this feeds into that that right flank issue when Poku is back, and um, you know, if if it is Jadel that's on that right side, do you maybe need to look at changing the shape or the way that we're setting up on that that wing play? It's difficult because obviously a huge part of our attacking impetus is those those wide areas. But it kind of feels like we're almost trying to make a, a square peg fit a round hole with Jade a little bit because, as Craig quite rightly said, he is ultimately a centre-back, isn't he? So he's a lot more naturally defensive than, say, PK would be. I think we're looking at, on the other side, with Burroughs and Mason Clark, absolute top of League One level chemistry and ability going forward. There's a labour on Burrow's defensive abilities, which obviously aren't the reason he's in the team. And we're, there, we're now, having had also top level uh, with PK and Poku, seeing something that just isn't as good as that yeah. on the other side right now. I've, I've been, I was at Derby, I was at Charlton, I was at Leeds, and I was at um, Shrove's. And with Katongo playing, I think, right back for three of those four, Poku also playing for three of those four as well. I I really do want to say Katongo's done better and better each game defensively, and he didn't really put a foot wrong yesterday defensively. The the lack of chemistry is just kind of it, it makes you almost cringe when you see Katongo travel a little bit with the ball and Ajiboy pull out in a yeah. weird direction sometimes, where even if he received it at his feet, it's guaranteed to be a hospital pass. A better left back yesterday would have mopped up on that side, I think. Now I say this, obviously the two of them combined beautifully for the assist for Randall. So there was a moment where they got it they got it together and that gives me a little bit of hope for the future. One final thing on this is you asked about does it change the shape? Something I noticed yesterday, which wasn't in those previous three games before then that I just mentioned since New Year's Day, Josh Knight pulling away into an almost second right-back position behind Katongo when Katongo needed the chance to go forward. PK doesn't need Josh to do that when he's on the pitch. Yeah. But it didn't damage us yesterday. The, the shows we weren't intense enough to be able to counter against Josh Knight being pulled slightly out of position. And so if there's teams, when the teams of that quality, I should say, non-top six teams, we probably could give Katongo a little bit more coverage behind. And Josh has probably got the ability to do that. So short answer I'm not too concerned and actually I'm seeing a bit of improvement there but you're right it's it's not it's, it's not as good as, as PK and Poker no, no Harry, do you, Harry do you think though that uh, Katongo playing at right back is going to impact Poku massively towards the second half of the season if they are the two to remain yeah absolutely fair point yeah the, it, it could be that um, 
because so much of Poku's both creating and being the last man, and he may find that his creation's a bit less if he hasn't got a right back overlapping him. Absolutely, uh, I know. I mean, fun as I said before, I just don't think we can get PK back. I don't know if we can get anyone in. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. do we want to gamble on a complete unknown right back who on a lower wage? <clears throat> uh, I think we just have to get, accept this, and you never know. Katongo might come on leaps and bounds. He is only 18. He's looked better in each of the four games I've seen him in this position. He's, he's looked. A, I saw him away at Port Vale come on uh, when Collins went off with a head injury. And he looked all right defensive midfield then. But what was it, a week later, Tuesday night at Wigan, he was, he was off it. So it's hard to say. He's going to be inconsistent at that age. Um, how much it affects Poku, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, if we could never talk about Port Vale away again, because that was the lowest quality game of football I think I've ever seen ever. Oh right? yeah, Sunday League that was just dire. But no, it's, it is a valid point. It's and you know we talked about you guys have talked about um, Hector yesterday, maybe not being quite himself. It was. I wonder if there was an element of that because we know that he dictates the play. And what I've noticed with with Hector is it, the way he shifts his his body weight so when he's got his back to play he can shift his body weight brings it around and he's straight away looking for that ball and it's almost like he he now doesn't know where those players are going to be moving it's kind of like I don't know if this is what we saw yesterday but it was he's not quite he didn't seem quite as sure as himself and I just wonder if it's because that entire right flank is is almost alien to him now so he doesn't quite know where that movement is what I would say about Hector and not focusing on the last week in isolation. And I know we've bigged him up all season, but this guy, he he continues to impress me. Like even when he has a bad game like yesterday, there's just, if I was to take one player now and say that that they will go on to play in the premiership, I don't think I would say the likes of EMC and Pucker as much as they've got the potential to. I think Hector is not far off that level already. I I know that sounds daft, but I, I, if he if he can physically keep developing himself and he can get a little bit more light footed because he's quite he can be quite heavy and clunky particularly if we saw this against Leeds if players are moving the ball quickly around him he struggles to keep up but if he can deal with that I honestly think the the sky's the limit uh, for Hector Craig he is I mean this, really good. He, he's really good. Good. I think I think you've absolutely nailed it. I think the yeah. guy is, is quality. I mean, to get already called up into, all right, he might be Cypriot and he might not be the top the top 50 team in the world. But do you know what? They've obviously spotted something that they feel that he can compete on an international level as well. So do you know what? Full full credit for, for what he's doing this season. And given all of the flack he took from the Leighton Orient fans, yeah. I bet they're, uh, they're all wishing that he was still with them now because um, to be brutally fair to the lad, He's been phenomenal for us, and uh, yeah, may may that continue for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's... I, I, for for him, I, I just add because I've not had a chance to speak on Kip yet. His his decision making is his pretty much his best asset. Yeah, his execution a couple of times yesterday was pretty painful. A lot of wayward passes, really unlike him. But compared to last year as well, he's just come on leaps and bounds in where he goes. This system's been set up. He. I completely agree with you. He is making you know, it tick to the point you, that he, he could probably go to the top. Do you know what, Harry? There's something that was said um, on another podcast regarding um, the impact of the older players or the more mature players last season. And I think there's a lot to be said with that. I think that there's a lot of them that were jumping straight on the youngsters and making them feel that they've done something wrong. Um, 
I, I, I won't name call, but I, I can imagine who they would have been. And to be fair, um, I kind of wonder how much it being that younger squad now is having a positive impact. They're all sort of kind of saying, go and have the ability to to run free, have that freedom to express yourself. And do you know what? I think it's proving um, to be really, really beneficial to us as a club. Yeah, it's certainly proven to be yeah. fruitful. I've, I've got high hopes. I suppose the biggest compliment that we can give really to Kipriano is, do we miss Jack Taylor? I don't think we've missed him once this season. Um, I feel like Kip, Kipriano, and it, we've got to give a nod to Collins as well, because he, he does continue to to play a, a crucial role. Moving forward, I suppose, and, and looking at, at Shrewsbury, uh, Craig, um, what's your take on uh, on Adjie Boy? Um, I don't think I don't think he's got it. I'm going to be honest with you. I really wanted it to work for him, um, but when you get an opportunity like yesterday, you should be taking it with both hands. And to be fair, he let himself down. Um, he looked nothing shy of a League Two player at very best for me. Um, and yeah, I, I don't I don't personally see him carrying on with us beyond this season. Whether we stay in League One. Um, or we go well. I don't think he'll be here. Um, he he's not set the world alight, and I'm afraid he's only got himself to blame for that. Yeah, it just feel like one of those players that we took a punt on that never really kind of maybe. I'm went. not in this camp though. I'm I'm going to say go I on. think that what Adjiboy's job is to be a backup winger, and he's better than Ward was as a starter last year, in my opinion. I think I think Adjiboy is a perfectly. Sorry, I was never a fan second. of Ward. I was never yeah, yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Do I think that we go up with Adjibo as our starting right wing? Um, well, to be honest, in this squad, he might, we might be able to get away with it. But no, yeah. he's not the sort of guy who's going to scruff the neck, pull us down the wing like Pocky does. Of course not. But that's not his job. It's not what he's brought him to do. And is he fulfilling the role, stepping up, next man up when he needs to? At the end of the day, he made the perfect pass, which led to the assist from Katongo yesterday. Yes, of course, there were lots of problems in his performance aside from that, but he's shown flashes. Who knows? He might get a little bit more consistent and given he's a backup, he's doing the job he, he should be doing. Harry, if you choose, if you were to choose between Poku and Adjiboy and he was a, then both are available next week, who are you going with? Yeah, P- Poku, but that, that still makes sense in what I just said. Adjiboy's oh, backup. Totally. He's P- just P- Poku, Poku, eight days a week. Eight days a week. Yeah, Pocket, I, I'd get your point. He, he is a good um he's a good backup, I suppose, to call on it. It's whether or not the player himself would be would be quite happy with that. I don't know. And I suppose at some point we do if we carry on in this form, and certainly if we get through January, we do have to start turning up half of our mind to the championship potentially and players that um that would that would make it at that level. And I I'm probably agreeing with Craig there. I don't think Adjiboy, even as a backup, is championship. Now now that that conversation I can understand. You may remember back when we went up through the playoffs, Wesolowski started the playoff final and then was transfer listed a few days later. Yeah. I could see a very similar thing potentially happening with, with Adjiboy. Yeah, yes, you, you're yeah. right. Is Adjiboy a championship winger? No chance. I do accept that. Yeah, I won't let us get carried away and start planning championship squads just yet, though. Um, we've touched on Ricky. We, we, we do need to... Talk. I, I feel like, you know, I don't want to keep hashing the same conversation that we've had many, many times on this podcast, I guess all, all I would say, uh, Harry, about Ricky um, is yesterday, I think he was a big part of the reason why we struggled to have a plan B because we don't have a plan B at the minute. If Ricky isn't doing what Ricky can do, we struggle. And, and ultimately, I'm still trying to work out, even though he's been at the club for what feels like decades now, 
I'm still trying to work out what Ricky can do apart from run really, really fast. I need to see more from him. And there was a, we had a run of five or six games where we started to see more, but it feels like he's kind of taken a step back again now. I may be being harsh. I just, I like all posh fans, I want Ricky to be amazing. And there's so many people in the media and press that hype him up and think he's the next big thing. I, I can't see it. I'm not, I don't see enough from him. And I feel like the Shrewsbury game was a perfect example of how he's still ultimately a one-trick pony. I mean, I'm in the halfway camp with, I think I'm quite clear when it comes to Ricky. Uh, we shouldn't underestimate the pace, but it, leads teams to have to sit a bit deeper most of the time, which shows we didn't really do. They sat quite high. And when they sit deeper, it gives more space for Pocker and Mason Clark to do their job. I genuinely think that the difference that he has made in comparison to Johnson Clark Harris in the way that defences behave, that's all the off the ball stuff, isn't something that we should ignore. I'm gonna go back a little bit. After the Charlton game, Fergie's interview, he goes I just wish they put it over the top to Ricky more or put Ricky through a bit more. And what happened yesterday in the first half happened twice. And to be fair to Ricky, both times he got through and both times he he, he didn't score. Got them both on target. First one in particular, he needs to attack that ball at an angle. He needs to be, he needs to be after his first touch, which was heavy, coming at an angle to the keeper and giving himself more space than shoot left or right of him. If you go straight down the throat of a keeper, this is a point that um, Lodz, who I know has been on this podcast a few times, I was stood with him for the game yesterday, the point he made. You go straight down the gullet at the keeper like that. It's the easiest position for the keeper to save. He doesn't have to put his body as wide. He just has to make himself a cap position. Chances are he's going to save it, especially with a touch as heavy as Ricky's first there. Second chance is harder. And he, and he disappeared in the second half completely. But, but that pace is unbelievable. His touch has improved over the course of the year on the whole. It is a tough pitch. And there's still the potential that this guy could maybe be a be a 15 or even 20 goal a season League One strike and who knows what he could do in the championship potentially. I wouldn't give up on him yet. Um, I think I'm similar to you, Tim, probably from what you just described. You want him to be really good, know that he probably isn't yet, but I, I look at him fairly positively. I, I'm hoping that he kicks on and I don't mind him starting for now. Yeah, and it's it's probably a fair point that the off the ball stuff that maybe we don't always focus on as fans. Where where do you stand on uh, Ricky Craig? Um, I, I think I said in the last time I was on the pod that actually I've got a, I really like the lad and I do. I think he's got a lot of qualities that, as Harry's right alluded to, um, create absolute havoc for opposition teams. Um, but I think Harry's absolutely right again in the sense that you don't see him making those improvements in the key areas that he needs to, um, and. His finishing yesterday was nothing short of diabolical. I mean, to be put through that great ball by Ephraim Mason Clark behind the back four, I thought this is a good goal every day of the week. And he just put it straight down the keeper's throat. It, 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 it almost looked Sunday late, to be fair, the finish. It was it was that poor. I think he could have knocked it around the keeper. He's got the legs to do it, let's face it. But he, he seems to he seems to be like um like rabbit in headlights, he, he just, he just, he's like, he gets, he gets so focused on what he's got to do, and he just blanks. And I think it's the one thing that's missing from his game. It's that killer instinct to put the ball in the back of the net. And I think yeah. he could hold him back. Can I ask you a question, Craig? I know I'm not hosting, but do you think? And I actually don't. I'm not yes or no on this question myself. Do you think Ricky could do with the Randall treatment, where the fans just almost 
cult following just give him the support no matter what start singing his name even though he hasn't done anything yet and that's what we did to Randall at the beginning of the season and, and look at him now does Ricky need the same no one ever sings his name in the terrace when when the whole squad comes over they'll be singing the Randall song or they'll be singing Harrison Burroughs is one of our own but not Ricky J Jones is one of our own yeah. um, and I just wonder whether a psychological boost that that's equivalent to what Randall had Maybe that's what he needs. I think you could be right. And to be fair, I think it was the other block that actually mentioned Randall last year, to be fair, that maybe started the ball rolling. So you might you might start something there, to be fair. But I think it's a valid shout. Um I don't think he's ever gotten the the love from the, the from the fan base that probably he is due. Um and I think as we always say, being one of our own, we probably should protect him a little bit more. Um and yeah, I think that's a real valid point that. Yeah, I'll tell you, we'll take all the credit for Randall's upturn in performances as well. <laughs> so, yeah, well, well, I'll absolutely go along with that. I feel, I feel like, um, it kind of touched on what you were saying, Craig. I feel like it's you, you raise a really good point. You, I think you mentioned killer instinct, or, or, or one of your lads mentioned killer instinct. I feel like that's what he's missing as a striker. A striker that strikers that score goals don't think about what they're doing. It just happens. Yeah. They just they just do it. Um, anyone that watched the um, Bournemouth Liverpool game today would have seen that with um, Darwin Nunes, his second. He didn't know what was happening, but he still found the back of the net. I feel like I feel like that's what Ricky's missing. Um, yeah, I still feel like that's the one area I'm. I'm. I'm uns- He's overplaying it in his head, Tim. He, he overplays yeah. it, and I think that's what's that's what's causing it. Yeah, it gives it too much. I think you're right, but I feel like that's a natural thing that you can't teach a striker. They're either a natural goal scorer or they're not. And and I. But that's what I said. That's what that's what I said earlier. Is is Ricky the sort of striker that is going to be a lone striker, or does he need somebody playing with him? Because I think actually, if he had somebody playing with him, it would take elements of that what he's having to do away, and it would allow him to focus more on the bits he can control and be better at. Yeah, and and certainly alongside the decision making, potentially if he's got someone alongside him, it's a fair shout. But again, does that fit into our current system? Probably not quite so much. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. In any case, after the last round of fixtures, the top six teams remain the same. So Pompey stay top. Uh, they won this weekend as well. They've played 28, 56 points. Posh are second. Played a game less and only a point behind. So win that game in hand and we can go top. Uh, Derby are in third. They've also played 27 
53 points to them following a draw this weekend. Bolton lost this weekend, uh, so they've played 25, 51 points. They have two games in hand over Posh and three games in hand over Pompey, so win all of them and they can go top, but they've got to win all of them. That's the challenge. Uh, Barnsley and Oxford make up the top six. It, I've said it to other guys, I've said it on other pods, it, it feels, still feels like a four-horse race and I'm pretty sure it will will stay that way. I've done some legwork today, um, trying to shelter from the wind, and I've looked across 28 different bookies, <laughs> and overwhelmingly now, Posh are title favourites across those 28. Um, I looked across 28, but didn't write down the exact figures, but off memory, it was like 21 of the 28 had Posh's favourites to now win the title. That's huge, because they're not just saying, okay, you're going to go up. They're saying you're going to go up as champions, Harry. What are they seeing other than the fact that our form is good that's making them go, actually, this team's got enough about them to go on and win the title? It's probably feeding in all these viral stats things that are going around that we've got the <laughs> highest XG, highest shots on target. All of it stolen, by the way, from our dip at PUFC stats. Um, lowest head, heading accuracy in the uh, and and jules one in the league which is quite funny it tells you a lot about how we play he does <laughs> um i've never seen us like this also if i'm not mistaken it this might just be since um this might just be since it became championship league one uh rather than the old you know pre whatever it was 2000 but if i'm not mistaken this is the most points we've had at this stage in the season ever in the third tier now, someone might tell me afterwards that that's wrong. We did it decades ago. But I think in recent history, that's correct. So this is better than our than our two seasons we went up automatically. Definitely better than the season we went up through the playoffs. So, and I don't know what, where we were up to when we when we did it in 91. But yeah, that's probably what they're seeing. It's just a team a team that's purring. I, I, it's, keeping Ronnie is just so much of it. We haven't really touched on him yet today. He, he if you take him out, I wonder what this team would look like, even if you have PK back and Poku fit uh, and a striker who could finish. Even without Ronnie there, I do I do wonder, would it all still tick? Because he is just a class above. But while we've got him, yeah, I, I, I'm i becoming ever more optimistic, having predicted we finished 14th at the beginning of the year, which I'm very <laughs> open and honest about. Yeah, it's still, I mean, the thing is, Craig, we are still but an injury or two away or a couple of suspensions away from being exposed to the fact we don't have particularly great amounts of, of squad depth. I was on, um, uh, I'm trying to think whose podcast it was. I think it was Charlton's. It went on Char- one of the Charlton podcasts and I got quite a lot of shit because I was, I came across relatively arrogant um, and I was basically saying that, you know, this is the, the best team I've ever seen play um, and that it would be, and I think the words I use would, that it would be unjust if we didn't go up. And their argument was that there's no entitlement in football. We have no given right to go up. But my argument, I suppose, to that was we've, as kind of Harry alluded to there, we've gone up before playing worse football than what we're playing now. And so as a a posh fan, it feels, it it would feel like a, it would feel unjust. I think having watched the football we've watched this season, if actually we didn't go up or we did make the playoffs and then lose in the playoffs, that wouldn't feel, I know football's not fair, but that wouldn't feel right this season. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think the the style of football we've played this year um, has been a delight to watch. Um, I think the fact that most of the lads that we've got, I think we're, I'm right in saying our average age is between 22 and 23. 
Um, we're certainly not in a position like some of the bigger boys to be able to go out and spend money in the January transfer window and buy two or three key assets. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I think, yeah, it, it, it would. I think it would be unjust if we didn't go up. I think that everything that the, the, the mindset was at the start of the year from everybody that we'll be quite happy with mid-table mid, mediocrity, and it, it was going to be one of those situations where. We, we weren't anticipating much, but as the season's gone on, um, it, it's been a joy to to watch and be part of. And, yeah, I think it would be... I, I don't really want to entertain the, the, the thoughts of playoffs this year, if I'm being honest with you. I'd rather be one or the other. I'd rather be automatics or, or, or miss out. And the reason why I say that is is because... Um, I think given last year, when I went... I mean, when I was at Wednesday last year and... It was one of the worst experiences I've ever had as a posh, posh fan. Um, I was there as well. Yeah, it was it was horrible. It was horrible. And uh, seeing all those Wednesday fans coming on and giving it what for, I mean, nothing will give me a greater satisfaction this year to see them come back down and us go yeah, up yeah, and actually yeah. stay up, um, especially yeah, yeah. see Barry Bannon's face. That would be brilliant. It certainly would. I suppose I, I have to, you know, I have to kind of caveat my own points, really. It's not. I don't want to get arrogant and start talking about championship or that we deserve to go up. I, I think it's just for this te- this squad and the, the management. They they deserve. I feel like they deserve it this year. The, the entertainment that they've given us, the style of football that they've played, they've gone about things the the right way. Um, you know, and I'm I'm notoriously kind of anti Dara, but but you know what? Actually, I'm 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 softening to the guy. I feel like he's managed the club really well this this campaign. And as we start to edge, is that what it people, takes, Tim? Is that is what it, it takes for you to, to give Dara an inch? Is is we've got to be basically within <laughs> touching this as the top of the league, top XG, top goals scored. Only then you might soften a bit to him. Possibly. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, it, you still got a couple of weeks to to throw January away, so we'll uh, we'll see. But no, I, I just. <laughs> I, I just feel like it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's easy, isn't it, when you're flying and you're playing football like this to um, to kind of be all rosy and everything's great. But I just feel like the way that he tempered expectations in the summer was new from him, but it's worked. I don't know, maybe, maybe he's just perhaps starting to learn from some of his mistakes. And that's always been my biggest criticism of him is that he's too stubborn. So the fact that it appears as though maybe that's softening a little bit softens my opinion towards the guy. That said... I still don't think he can sustain us individually at championship level. Uh, he would need some help. But that's a whole other debate for another day. And whilst we're riding high, I don't want to get stuck down in the uh, in the politics of uh, club ownership. Looking ahead to this week then, we've got the rearranged uh, Tim Pot Cup uh, game against Crawley. Um, hopefully this will go ahead. The temperatures aren't due to be as low this week, so we will see. Uh, win that and we have a quarterfinal game against AFC Wimbledon. At which point, Craig, I thought like we should probably start taking a little bit of an interest in this one um, because that then puts us put two games away from Wembley, which let's be honest, we would all go to. Yeah, totally. Um, to be fair, I, I, I'd like to think we'll we'll win it. Um, I think that I'll be honest, I haven't been to a, a, a one of the one of the cup competitions in regards to that all season. Um, and as bad as that may be, it just doesn't interest me. But I, I totally agree. I think if we were to get to that Wimbledon one, I think the um, the expectations might rise, and I think so will the uh, the crowds as well. So yeah, hopefully it'll be a, it'll be a nice straight win on Tuesday night. Yeah, highest ranked team left in the tournament. So you'd have to you'd have to hope that we're favourites to go through if you disregard the um under twenty ones teams. Uh let's be honest, so there's only really one game this week that we're actually interested about. Lincoln away, Harry, and this is always a 
this is always a fun outing, uh, Lincoln away. I, we, I'm reluctant to call it a rivalry. Um, there's been a debate many times about whether this is a, a local derby or a rivalry of sorts. It feels like it's kind of built up to be one over the last couple of years, but I feel like that's maybe more from Lincoln than from Posh. They seem to have a real hatred of us that I don't think we reciprocate quite so much. I don't know. Maybe it's because they don't really have much around them by way of rivals because it's like Boston United or Grimsby Town, which aren't really on the same level of Lincoln. But um, in any case, it will be a good atmosphere. Uh, what are you making of our trip to Central uh, Bank? I mean, we've done well recently, obviously, and it's one at this stage in the season, any team that isn't in the top six, you really are hoping home or away will beat them. And that's a dangerous place to be in, um, not just with Peterborough United, but with any team when you get into that stage of attitude. Uh, I mean, that being said, let's hope we walk away from Lincoln with a point and there's falters around us. I think people will still just about be happy because it's... You can never be sure with these games. I mean, look at Cobblers earlier in the year. It's funny you mentioned your arrogance for Charlton. You can. I went on a Cobblers podcast the night before we went to Sixfield. You can imagine how I was on there. And then we lost 1-0. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, I think it'll be a good game. I can't make it, unfortunately. This is the first one in a while I can't go to. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think probably another both teams to score, I'd say that. I think it, I don't think it'll be a complete steamrollering. Yeah, they are Craig in really poor form. They haven't won um, in the league since the twenty eighth twenty eighth of November uh, last year, where they won three 0 away Damn. at Cambridge. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, they are they are mid table and they are as mid table as you can get. In so much as their goal uh, difference is zero and scored and conceded, they are they are as most of a mid table league one team as you can get. But in dreadful form. That said. They do have a decent squad and it would be wrong of us to um, disregard them. But looking at stats and looking at league position, you'd look at this and say, well, this is like playing a, a Bristol Rovers or, you know, um, a Burton or somebody like that that shouldn't really pose you much of a threat. But because there's a little bit more malice to this, I suppose, do you feel like this is a, not a gimme, but do you feel like this is a game you have to win given the form they're in? Uh, yeah, I do, to be fair. I mean... Um... They're not, they're not in great form at all. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I believe I'm right in saying they got a nil-nil draw yesterday with Derby, didn't they? They've also got uh, Joe Taylor, obviously, in their team now. So, obviously, he's going to have extra impetus to uh, want to show us up and say, say what you've missed out on. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a game I would have thought I'd like to think on paper we'll win. But... Um, given everything else that's going on at the moment or not going on um, within the club and getting people in and out, um, it may be one of those ones where we could come unstuck. Um, I'd like to think not, but there's always that potential for a banana skin. Yeah, and obviously, Greg, we don't know how we'll line up in the, the pizza trophy. You would expect there'll be changes. In terms of Lincoln, would you kind of be expecting that the squad we could all pick now, the starting eleven, we could pretty much all name, or would you see any any major changes for that game? Um, I think the only person that I would give consideration to um, changing if that per other person was back, which would be Poku, but that's not going to happen. So I think from my perspective, it's going to be the same team at the moment that will start, um, and rightly so. Happy you, Harry. I, I thought, if, you know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't drop Adjibor. I'd like to think he'd have a better game than he did uh, yesterday. And as I say, I, I still am relatively high in his stock as a League One backup. 
if I was to drop him with Paku not back, I wonder whether Mother Seal could do a job out that side. Yeah, He's so you, you beat me to it, Harry. Leeds. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, that's Sorry. fine. No, that's fine. Against both Leeds and uh, uh, the Shrews yesterday, he he's not done anything, you know, uh, finishing wise, shooting wise, but his build up play has been very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I thought you know we were talking about Ricky and and the positions that we would potentially change after that Shrewsbury game. I feel like Mother Seal for me is an obvious win. I fully expect him to play in the Crawley game uh, Tuesday night. I, if if Malik's fit, I can't see why he wouldn't play. Um, I feel like if he puts in a decent performance there, I feel like Mother Seal would have to be in for the, the be in for a reckoning. I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, wouldn't consider him. Is there anyone else, Harry? Apart from that, is it kind of you could write that starting eleven pretty much at the moment? I think so. I mean, the only do do you gamble on someone like Fernandez, who's had five minutes at a time coming on and uh, pushing Knight out to right back, which he can do. Obviously, you know you get your more defensive thing there. If you wanted uh, Katongo to have a break. You could you could have a Fernandez alongside Ronnie, but it, it it's a gamble as well as Fernandez has played in his in FA Cup games and Pizza Trophy games and and five minutes at a time here in the league. It's it, why change a formula that's working, even if it didn't work that well against um, Shrewsbury. Yeah, it's a good point, and I suppose we're also mindful of the fact that February's relatively busy. We've had, I know we've got this Pizza Trophy game coming up, but we've had a relatively quiet couple of weeks game wise. Um, Lincoln is the last game, last league game of uh, the month. Going into February, our fixtures are Wigan at home, Exeter away, uh, Wickham at home, Port Vale at home, Blackpool at home, and then Scumbridge away at the end of the month. So we've got a busy month coming up next month. Obviously, we don't know how this squad's going to look at that point. Uh, prediction time then. Craig, I'll start with you. Uh, Lincoln City away. What's your prediction for this one? I'm going to go for a 2-1. 2-1 posh, I'm assuming. You're not sort yeah. of doing what yeah, I do and going against the club. Yeah, 2-1. Uh, yeah. Harry, how do you see this playing out? Uh, I'll go with 3-1 three. Three, posh and the 1 will be Joe Taylor. Yeah, it's got to be. The thing is, like week week in week out now, I've been going. Well, we've drew it. We drew. We drew. It helps if I could speak. We drew a draw, uh, and then it never happens. We go on and, and win. So I kind of want to keep predicting draws because I feel like it's it's becoming a good omen. Uh, so I will. I will say one-one uh, for us uh, away at Lincoln City. But this will be a good. Uh, this will be a good game for uh, for those that are traveling. Um, do have either of you still got your your uh, triple chip to use for your predictions? And if so, would you like to use it for this prediction? This is essentially a chip you can play once a season, and whereby if you get your prediction bang on, it triples the number of points you get for our prediction league. Are either of you feeling supremely confident about your prediction for Lincoln that you wish to play said chip? Harry, I'll let you go first. I'm great thinking about it. I mean, though. I don't. I I forget to reply to the. <laughs> I don't think I've entered the, the predictions enough, so I definitely have my chip. But it's almost fruitless at this point. I'm probably on zero points by virtue of not entering. I I think I'll save it. But I'm now trying to think, what the hell am I saving it for? <laughs> you, know, you know what? Actually, the moment I said that, I know exactly what I'll save it for. I will save it for Cambridge, Cambridge away. I suspect. Yeah, a few I will say. I, so if 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 I'm back on before Cambridge. Yeah. Uh, I will remind me of this conversation. Cambridge away and Bolton at home. I feel like lots of people will be be saving this for. Uh, any temptation to use it for Lincoln away, Craig? No, I'm going to. Uh, I think I'm going to keep it for the last game of the season against Bolton. 
yeah, it's their shout. I used mine weeks ago and obviously naturally got it wrong. So, um, yeah, don't fall into into my gap. Uh, just wrapping up then, let's revisit the Yellow Block's Greatest Eleven. Uh, so this was initially decided during lockdown. Um, at the time, we were trying to release loads of episodes to give folks something to listen to whilst they did their uh, hourly walk that Boris had commissioned. Um, over the course of this season, though, we're looking to, to rebuild it because we've got loads of different hosts on. We're trying to rebuild a new Greatest Eleven. Uh, the only rules that we've got now is that you must have seen them play. So uh, currently, um, we have a new goalkeeper in that Mark Tyler has come in over David Seaman. That was Sam's pick. Uh, right back, Mark Little uh, maintained his position again. That was Sam's pick. A uh, couple of, or a change at centre-back. Ryan Bennett stays in, thanks to Nathan and Rob last week. Um, but Gab Zakawani has been replaced by Ronnie Edwards by Nathan and Rob last week. So we come to left-back, Craig. Now, this is a position that is probably the hardest out of the entire 11. I feel like this is the one where maybe we perhaps don't have as big a pool to pick from. Uh, Adam Drury is the current left-back in the Yellow Block's greatest 11. Would you like to keep Adam in position or would you like to change that for a different player? Uh, thankfully, as you gave me a little bit of a heads up at the start, <laughs> I've had a bit of time to think about it. And there is actually one guy that I actually think could, could emulate him, um, and that was Tommy Williams. Um, I think he was a great player for us in the day, um, and yeah, and he was he was with us a lot longer actually, if I if I if I, if I remember rightly, than Adam Drury. So, um, when it comes to those two things, um, yeah, maybe he deserves the uh, to pip him to the post. Maybe contentious though, Harry. Does Tommy Williams take over Adam Drury in the Yellow Blocks Greatest Eleven left back? I've got two problems here. Um, my first <laughs> one is that I never watched Drury play. Okay. So I've, I've I've only I started going to posh when I was 11 years old in 2006. So I never saw Drew. Drew wasn't playing then, was he? He was done by that point, wasn't he? Yeah. Or well done by that point. Uh, and Williams, as much as I can remember of him being good, I remember it ending with him being absolutely crap in the 0-9-10 season in the championship. And I have those problems with I have those memories of him messing up on the first day of the season against Derby where we pretty much guaranteed a draw against them. And then they, we, we managed to lose 2-1, you know, having equalised in the 87th minute. Anyone remember this first game of the season, 0-9-10? Yeah. Uh, and I, I... But how the hell could I decide when I, when I haven't uh, even seen Drury play? But I, I don't rate Tommy Williams that highly. I don't want to put in Tommy Rowe over Tom Williams. Tommy Rose. I mean, yeah, maybe. Okay, so here, I've seen them both play. Now, here's where I would sit with this, Craig. I feel like Tommy Williams was a good good defender it's a, it's a fair shout I can't remember if we discussed him first time round he leaves a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth for completely like stupid non-footballing reasons and it wasn't actually him it was his, his missus so he was going out with Nicola McLean whilst he was at the club and we were playing away at Leicester in League One how they've changed since then um she was sat behind me and she spent the whole game not watching the game kicking the back of my chair, talking on her phone, um, really, really pissing me off. And then at the end of the game, I asked for a selfie. And to be fair to her, she got one. I, she let me have one, but she did want to do all her makeup first. And then we only took one picture and I look absolutely smashed in it. And I wasn't, uh, I wasn't smashed, but I look an absolute state. And for that reason, my overriding thoughts of Tommy Williams are quite negative. So from a selfish point of view, I feel like Adam Drury would probably be my uh, my pick. Adam Drury, Adam Drury is my 
keeps his left back position. I mean, Tommy Williams wasn't a bad player. I just would would he be greatest to deliver material? I don't know. I feel like the fan base would have a. Do you know what? So the only other person that came into my head, and I'm pretty sure he was left back. So if Harry can't remember Adam Drury, I don't think he'll remember this guy. Do you remember Tony Spearing? The name yeah. rings a bell, but not uh, not enough to, for me to be able to find. It was, it I've, was I've, I've had the doldrums since Tommy Rowe. I've had Basie, Craig I've Alcock. Had Alcock. Oh my god, Danny Alcock. Rose. Danny Rose, Danny Rose, Rose, yeah, Harrison Burrows. Yeah, but Harrison Boris can do well going forward. He's not Elder. A- Elder, I liked his brief loan yeah. stint. Elder. Oh, Elder. Have, um, Chris Carnell was he right back? I can't remember now. I mean, we've had some shite, haven't we? It's, it's a position. I don't. There's no player. I feel like all the other positions. There's like one or two players you go. Oh, it's got to be them. But I feel like left back. I mean, Drury's great, but I mean, I feel like a decent left back would dislodge him from that position. I feel like that's the one position maybe that we just don't have a particularly great. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you're not thinking in the DMAC era in every, pretty oh, much better. every other position. Oh, better. Yeah, better was pretty good, but yeah, you know, I think if you're going to be of all time, did Jury play the championship for us in the, in the nineties? First time round, testing my knowledge, but yeah, I believe you would have been first time round. Because that I mean, team finished tenth, right? One of the seasons. Yeah. yeah, I mean that that alone is enough to, I reckon, to keep Drury in. Yeah, so Ogbetta, if if Ogbetta comes back and does well in the championship with us, different yeah, story. But, but I mean, Ogbetta was Ogbetta was good, but like, did he play enough to be in a greatest eleven? I don't. Not know. really, but I think yeah, that shows the limitations, doesn't it? It does. It does. I, yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think back, even over the last like most recent seasons like it's not a position that really stands out is it it's not well, it's just it's just Dan Butler isn't it it's Dan Butler who was there in recent seasons yeah and I don't want to be too disparaging about anybody but yeah he's not not greatest no just no, no just I'm sure I'm sure he's a I'm sure he's a lovely guy off the pitch yeah just not greatest 11 material fair enough uh, Adam Drury you remain the all-time greatest 11 uh left back uh moving on to right mid uh over the next couple of episodes which is currently David Farrell so but I do remember this position being one fraught with discussion last time so uh, stay tuned for that one thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe rate and review and follow us on the socials and visit our website www.theyellowblock.co.uk uh, we will be recording next week after Crawley hopefully and Lincoln away up the we're building yeah, up quite a pool of hosts now which I like because we got all these different opinions and um yeah, it's it's almost like a, it it's a new discussion every week, which is better. So, just out of curiosity, have you guys got any big plans for the Cambridge one at all to invite a Cambridge fan onto our podcast? It's yeah. not a bad shout, to be fair. We should do something because it's uh, you know, especially after the five 0 earlier in the season, so we would be wrong of us not to take the opportunity to um, to rub it in as much as we can. But no, I totally. I, I just I think it was actually listening to um, I think it was Harry's uh, thing last year at the end when we had the Sheffield Wednesday fans on. And actually, it was just really good to get a different perspective, especially, I think, the one that went into the second leg because they yeah. were absolutely yeah. fuming and it, it obviously blew up in our faces, but it was just yeah. the perspective on things. There was a good mix that night of people who were respectful and friendly and 
And to be fair, no one was an absolute twat, but the ones mm. who came on bantering also added a lot of like it just amusement to the whole thing. Bear in mind they were four 0 down at the time, saying they're still going to win, and then ended up being fucking right. Um, <laughs> yeah, spaces is chaos though. It's a completely different thing to this because you want to have like a professional podcast here where you you manage the content, you manage the flow. Whereas spaces, me and John actually embrace the chaos of doing less talking than our guests you know exactly exactly <laughs> yeah i think the challenge with getting a cambridge uh fan on for the for that game is I don't, i'm assuming they've got a pod i'm sure they would do but they, do they have internet down there i don't i don't know if that's a thing i don't know if they'd be able to connect if they've got they've just got fire haven't they in the south of the county so i don't know if they've got computers and stuff, the, re- yeah. you, the reason you i saved this when they come on <laughs> the reason i the reason i asked it to him was because max rushton uh said some yes. sport on saturday and he was digging out posh again and i just thought you know, it'd be brilliant if we could actually get somebody like him on and yeah just, he's professional yeah. so fair shout man. yeah get max and um adrian durham adrian on yeah, we'll just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh cool. my god God. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.